Attention trumpeters. Have you ever heard of a fellow named Bud Herseth? He's only the greatest orchestral trumpeter who's ever lived and led the great Chicago Symphony Orchestra brass section through its heyday of the 1960s, 70s, and beyond, setting the standard with many definitive recordings of the standard orchestral repertoire. Well, I got a chance to work with one of Bud's students and colleagues named Timothy Kent. Tim wrote a memoir of his experiences, meeting, studying with, and ultimately playing alongside Bud over the course of nearly three decades. It's titled, Within the Sphere of the Master, and he asked yours truly to record his book. Well, the audiobook is complete and is now available for sale. It is sold and distributed exclusively through my media business, JNS Media. And to give you a sneak peek of what you'll hear in the audiobook, we've arranged for you to listen to the section of the book titled Trumpet Lessons with Adolf Herseth for free. This 57-minute audio is a collection of tips, anecdotes, and advice the book's author shared from nearly three decades spent in the trenches studying with and performing alongside the master. To access this free audio, simply type in lessonswithbud.com into your browser and follow the directions on the page. Learn from one of the master's protégés, and then listen to the audiobook to get to know the master in an intimate way you'll likely never hear anywhere else. Again, the URL for the free audio titled Trumpet Lessons with Adolf Herseth is LessonsWithBud.com. And if you'd like to purchase the audiobook, just head on over to WithinTheSphereBook.com. Good morning from Vietnam. This is James Newcomb coming into your earballs. And I have been in Vietnam for the last, well, today's Wednesday, and I arrived here on last Friday. Uh, today's uh, Wednesday the 24th, so what is that, the 18th or the 19th I would have arrived. And I'm out for my morning walk, so you have a bit of my morning voice, and you get to hear the, well, you get to hear the sounds of morning in Eco Park, which is just outside of Hanoi. Uh, it's a lovely place. It is aptly named because it is, well, a lot of eco. There's a lot of green here, and it's very beautiful. A lot of thought and a lot of intention went into planning this area, and uh, I'm just the fortunate beneficiary of, one, the people who planned this beautiful place, and two, my wife, uh, who has lived here since uh, September of 2018, teaching at British University of Vietnam which is here in Eco Park. And what can I say? I'm, a, I'm a, just a really fortunate man to be able to be here and to have Sana as my wife. And here we are. So you get to hear everything that goes on in a, a morning walk. I have done a, a lot of traveling. If you have followed this podcast for the last couple of years, you'll know that I've done my fair share of traveling. I've been... Some of the episodes I've done have been in the United States. Some of them have been over here in Vietnam. And it's been interesting with scheduling interviews with people who are in the United States. There have been a lot of late nights for me, so I can accommodate uh, people over there. And there have been early mornings over there uh, on the part of the guests. So a lot of collaboration, a lot of cooperation, and it's, uh, it's really nice. But in the last three years or so that I've been splitting time between uh, my home in Virginia Beach, Virginia, and my second home here in uh, Vietnam, a lot of travel has, I've learned a few things about dealing with travel, and one of the biggest 
problems or one of the biggest um, issues or one of the, you know, something that just is inevitable when you travel such a great distance in such a short period of time is jet lag. And there's the type of jet lag that you get from flying from the east coast of the United States to the west coast. And that's nothing to sneeze at. That It's very, it's, uh, you have to take it seriously. And then there's the jet lag that comes from this bunch of women doing some exercises and they're clapping. That's what you hear in the background. But then you have the type of jet lag that you get from going from uh, the east coast of the United States to Vietnam, which is, at the moment, it's 11 hours ahead of the east coast. Once the clock switch back in uh, November of this year, then it'll be 12, year, uh, 12 hours. And so that is major, major jet lag. And I will tell you that the first trip that I came uh, over to Vietnam in August of 2019, it was brutal. It was extremely difficult. Uh, it was compounded by <laughs> my, I don't know if you remember, in the news in August of 2019, yes, there was news before COVID. And there were things that dominated the headlines. And one of the things was airport protests in Hong Kong. <laughs> and my flight, uh, my, my itinerary from uh, uh, Virginia to Hanoi included a stopover in Hong Kong. My flight did land in Hong Kong, but I was informed when I, I got off the plane, there was a sign right, out, right outside the gate that says... Uh, or that said flight to Hanoi had been canceled because of the protests. The planes were not allowed to take off or leave. Uh, and, and I think I was told by the people at the gate or the, the people at the reception desk or the ticket counter that if I had left, if my flight from Dallas had left one hour later, it would not have left. It would have been delayed and I would have been stuck in Dallas indefinitely until they could work something out to allow flight... Oh, now the geese are flying into the water. How do you like that? Okay. <sighs> Anyhow, I had to deal with all of that. So by the time I got to Hanoi, I had been traveling for well over 48 hours on minimal sleep. And so what was already a very difficult itinerary to deal with was made even worse by a... Uh, a, a delay that I could not have uh, prevented. <clears throat> so, I the, the jet lag hit me hard in August of 2019. And in that, in the intervening time, in, I think this is, th the, this trip to Hanoi this time, I think is my fifth one in three years. So, so I've flown to, from Virginia to Hanoi five separate times. And in that time, I've learned some things about how to deal with jet lag. So I know that a lot of musicians do travel from the United States to Asia for concerts or tours, whatever the case may be. So this might be of, of some help to you. If you've already heard the information that I'm about to share, then great. Then you're ahead of the curve. But my hope is that some people can listen to what I have learned over the years and uh, and, and apply it to the, their own lives. Now, the single best thing that you can do to combat jet lag, this is, abs this is vital. And the rest of the things that I'll share are important, but 
they're not as important as what I'm about to share. The single best thing you can do to fight jet lag is to stare out the window in broad daylight at the time that it's ordinarily three o'clock in the morning from wherever you've just departed. So if I've just departed from Norfolk, Virginia on a, a, a Thursday, like a Thursday afternoon, I am going to make a point of getting out of my seat and going to a place, part of the airplane where it's not going to disturb anybody, but open that window when it's broad daylight. By this time I'm probably, or the plane is probably flying over Russia somewhere, wherever, wherever the case may be. But the point is it's, it's daylight. And, but my body is telling me, well, it's three o'clock in the morning. You know, you should be asleep right now. But you're looking out the window and there it is, broad daylight. You're tricking your body <clears throat> and, and you're helping the body to reset its circadian rhythm. Now the circadian rhythm is just, it's just the natural part of the human body or the human uh, physiology that allows you to go to sleep at night and wake up during, you know, when after the sun comes up, you wake up. That's just the way we're designed. Uh, so when you are looking out that window and your body sees daylight, uh, the body is like, what, what in the world? You know, it's, it's a little confused. And you're helping. And it's not like you're going to reset it immediately. But you can work towards resetting that circadian rhythm. Uh, and and the, it, that's, that's really the best thing that you can do. Because you're training your body to say, this is when you go to sleep. This is when you wake up. You do have control over certain things. You're not, it's not like you're just powerless against the elements here. You do have a say in uh, uh, how things go with your travel. All right, so I have talked about the circadian rhythm and looking out. Just, it, it doesn't have to be anything major. It just can just be 10 minutes of just looking out the window at that broad daylight at the time that it's ordinarily three o'clock in the morning from where you've just, uh, from where you've departed. It's as simple as that. And then you go back to your sleep, uh, your seat and you know, the shades are going to be down because people are sleeping. Uh, but you, that is the best thing that you can do to overcome jet lag in a timely fashion. Now here's a couple of other things that the, these are important. I don't want to minimize the importance of the, of what the rest of the tips I'm about to share but they're not as important as resetting the circadian rhythm. The circadian rhythm is everything. That's, that's really the reason that you, you're up at three o'clock in the morning at your new destination because your circadian rhythm is saying it's, it's uh, 5 p.m. where you've just left. So that is the most important thing that you can do. Now the rest of these things are important too. Uh, you want to mimic a normal life uh, as, as much as pos possible in your new surroundings. So let's say you're flying from uh, New York to Tokyo, just, just to put those out there. Tokyo is, what is it? It's uh, right now it's 10 hours ahead, I think. So yeah, it's a significant time difference. The minute that you step off the plane in, in Tokyo, as soon as possible, you want to walk barefoot on the grass. 
find a patch of grass, even if it's, um, uh, it's just a patch of grass at the airport. That's, that's better than nothing. Maybe it's a patch of grass at, the, at your hotel or wherever you're staying, but you want to get connected with the earth. There are uh, rhythms and there are negative ions in the earth. <laughs> Forgive me if I have the terminology incorrect, but there are uh, currents in the earth. That's the word I'm looking for. That when you ground with those currents in the earth and you allow your skin to be exposed to those currents, then it does assist with uh, connecting with your new surroundings. It's not like it's gonna make up for a sleep deficit. It's nothing like that. But you are, it's, it's, it is part of rewiring that circadian rhythm, re resetting the circadian rhythm, I think is the best word to put it. The next thing is, even if you are extremely tired, I mean, you're, you're obviously gonna be exhausted after a trip like that. You've probably had a layover somewhere. And so, you're going to be very, very tired. And let's say that your flight arrives at, let's just say 2 p.m. in Tokyo. You're going to be tired, no doubt about it. You do not want to go to sleep as soon as you hit the hotel or you're, wherever you're staying. You do not want to go to sleep at, say, 4 o'clock in the afternoon. <clears throat> because what's going to happen is your body is screaming for rest. It, it's like, my goodness, I have this sleep deficit and I need sleep to function properly, so put my head on that pillow and let me go to sleep. Well, if you do that at 4 o'clock in the afternoon, you're going to wake up at uh, probably 10, 10 p.m. maybe, maybe even worse, it's 8 p.m. And now you've, you've just had four hours of sleep, which isn't nearly enough to uh, make up for that sleep deficit. But worst of all, you've just woken up. And unless you have different ways of dealing with sleep than I do, you're not going to go to sleep anytime soon. Uh, 8 p.m. means you're, you're going to be up for the long haul. You're probably going to be up, or awake I should say, until probably 4 o'clock in the morning. After which you'll, you might sneak in an hour, maybe two hours of sleep, and then it's 6 a.m. where you are, and now you've got things to do during the day and you're, you're screwed and you're, you're really suffering. A better alternative is to just wait, stay up as long as possible, and just go to bed at a normal bedtime. If you go to bed at 10 o'clock uh, on the East Coast in the US, then stay up, if possible, until 10 p.m. in Tokyo. If it's nine o'clock, then that, that's, that's fine. The point is that you want to go to sleep at a normal time, uh, uh, what is normal in your new surroundings. Another tip that you can do is eat at a normal time. If, if you're, you get off the plane at 2 o'clock and you're starving, just, just hold off and you can do it. You can, you can wait until 7 p.m. to eat dinner. Uh, you're not going to die, but you're eating at a normal time. The point of what I'm saying, you might be noticing a pattern, is you want to just act as though everything is as normal as possible in your new surroundings. The last thing that you want to do, I mean, and a lot of it is in the mind too. We're, we're telling ourselves, well, it's uh, 2 a.m. in wherever I just came from, so I should be asleep right now. Don't even tell yourself that. When I get on the plane from the United States to wherever my stopover is in Asia, 
I am telling myself, I reset my watch right after the plane departs to the, to the new time where I'm going to be going. Uh, and I'm, and I tell myself it's two or it's a, it's a 7 AM in Tokyo. Let's just say that my stopover is in Tokyo. I'm, I'm telling myself it is 7 AM in Tokyo. Uh, I'm not telling myself it's 7 PM in Virginia. So therefore I should be tired. It's, it's a lot of it is in the mind. And you would be amazed at how effective these strategies can be. It's, it's really amazing. Now, I got into Hanoi this past Friday, and it's now Wednesday. And I can honestly say that I am completely over the jet lag. I'm not going to say that I'm not tired because I, because I have a life to live. And, you know, we've, we've got things going on. And, uh, you know, I woke up at 4 o'clock in the morning. So I, I feel tired. But I don't feel that tiredness that you get from the jet lag. I go to, I get to, like, I think it was Friday night, the day that I arrived, I felt tired uh, at 8 p.m. or 9 p.m. or whatever it was. And I, and I was genuinely tired. I was exhausted. My body had a sleep deficit and I had to get caught up on sleep. And let me talk about getting caught up in just a moment. But I got tired at the time that I would ordinarily get tired in my new surroundings. I woke up, not at 7 a.m., I probably woke up at 3 a.m., but still, if you go to bed at 9, you wake up at 3, it's not ideal, but it's certainly better than lying awake on your back at 2 o'clock in the morning and you can't go to sleep because, you've t- because you're telling yourself, wow, it's 3 p.m. in New York, so <laughs> I should be awake right now. I'm ordinarily... Uh, doing whatever I do during the day. It's, it's so much better than, than, than not getting any sleep at all. Trust me, it is. Um, now, when it comes to, quote, catching up on sleep, I think that that is a bit of a misnomer. Now, if you have a period of time where you get, uh, let's just say that you get five hours of sleep in the space of three days. I mean, you're, this is a serious sleep deficit right here. Um, it is not a matter of, uh, well, I was supposed to get eight hours or seven hours these past three nights, but I only got two per night. So now I need to take the next three nights and sleep for 10 hours so that I can get caught up. It doesn't work that way. Your body, it needs uh, a good eight hours of sleep and then like take a day to recover. And then you're going to feel about the way you should be. The, the body doesn't catch up the way that we might think that we need to catch up to if we're running a race and we got to catch up to uh, whoever is in front of us. It doesn't work that way. Uh, the body just needs rest and a good night of sleep. Um, so taking some melatonin is fine. You don't want to be dependent on it, but in, in, for purposes of recovering from jet lag, so that you can function, uh, then by all means, go for it. So if you didn't get all of that, then get this. Jet lag is real. It is a, it's a real phenomenon, but there are steps that you can take to mitigate the effects of jet lag. And it's not like you're just going to snap your fingers and say, oh, I got over jet lag. It doesn't work that way. 
it, it is going to take a bit of time to acclimate to your new surroundings. But there are things that you can do to make that period of time of adjustment, one, uh, much quicker, and two, much more pleasant. Well, maybe pleasant is the right word, but it's more tolerable. I'll say that. So, I did have something else that I was going to share on this recording, this walk and talk recording, but uh, uh, this turned into a standalone episode of, of its own. So, I will have the all of the steps that I've notated here, and I might even go the extra mile and just create a quick PDF that, I, that you can download uh, at the show notes. The show notes for this episode will be trumpetdynamics.live. It's not .com. It's trumpetdynamics.live forward slash jet lag. Trumpetdynamics.live forward slash jet lag. J-E-T-L-A-G. One word. No dashes, no spaces. And there you go. I That really won't take me that long at all. I'll just uh, knock that out right after I do the editing for this audio. So tell me what you think. If you enjoyed this show, I have an invitation for you. It is called the True Listeners Club. And I'll think of a better name for it eventually, but that's what I'm going to call it right now. The True Listeners Club. If you are a true listener, if you enjoy this show, and you want to be a part of the community that's associated with it, type in your browser, truelisteners.live, truelisteners.live. And I have a community on a social media platform that you've probably never heard of, but it's for the better because there's no woke political ideologies that I'm required to adhere to. I am able to speak my mind and say what I believe to be true, and I don't have to worry about offending uh, any, any big tech platforms or dissenting from what they say is acceptable opinion. Uh, it's truelisteners.live. It's hosted on a platform called Social Layer. So that is my invitation for you. My call to action. If you enjoy this show and you want to be a part of it, check out truelisteners.live. I appreciate you pressing play, and I appreciate your support. I will see you next time.